The one thing that is undeniably universal is that death is inevitable. The death of a loved one is unsettling, regardless of the situation, and as such, those at the end of the process serve an invaluable role. Our friend Randy with Stokes, Proc, and Munt and the Cremation Society is here to tell us how funeral directors are here to provide much-needed assistance. Our main job is to educate, to comfort, to give them order, and to help them consider celebrating the life of the person that they lost, which is very therapeutic for them in the long run. Randy and the folks at Stokes, Proc, and Munt, along with the Cremation Society, are available to answer any of your questions, including pre-planning your arrangements. Check them out online and on social media. Hello everyone, Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. We've got a great weekend coming up in the Chippewa Valley for a number of people. Last opportunity you have to get a vacation in. I know for others, it is maybe the last, maybe quiet weekend, depending on your schedules before the, the school year gets fired up. And, of course, next week is is Labor Day. Either way, another great day upon us. And, oh, we've got some fun stuff to talk about today. Eau Claire makes another listicle, one of those great listicles. We'll talk about that. There is a pizza shop for sale that I know has a lot of people both uh, eager to maybe invest, also maybe a little on edge that their favorite pizza spot may no longer be their favorite pizza spot. We got all that, and we are talking, if you're watching on the video, we're talking masks. Oh, the topic that just keeps on giving, and the mask I'm holding on to here is already busted. How do you like that? Uh, Masks. We're talking masks in the various school systems as well. Before we get to the mask, though, because there is some movement and some news on masks locally. A reminder, we got a great podcast right now out, Banker with a Beer, presented by Northwestern Bank. We talked to Brad, the Chippewa Falls City Planner. Brad, the Chippewa Falls City Planner. Great conversation with him. He talks about some of the great projects that are just about to start in Chippewa Falls. He gives a hint at a major development that you're going to hear about more than likely in the next few weeks. And he gives, it's towards the end of the conversation, so maybe the beer we were giving him was loosening up the tongue, which is always the idea with Banker with a Beer. At the end of the interview, he gives his blunt, unvarnished, honest answer when I asked him about passenger rail service in the area. You get, you get his opinion on the potential of passenger rail service in the area. It's maybe a little bit more bluntly honest than some others would have given. But you got to go to the podcast, Banker with a Beer, presented by Northwestern Bank. And while you're at our website, check out the Hungry Italian Restaurant Reviews, Toysons Quick Serve Podcast, all the great shows. Uh, Mac Chat, Mac Chat, presented by the McDonald Area School System. That debuts its fall schedule with us starting 
on Friday. But speaking of schools, we've got more with masks. Oh, the, the topic that just keeps on giving for a talk show host in this area and around the country. Masks. Masks and various mandates and, and, and options and not options. This has definitely become a political issue. And it's not a political issue in the sense of red and blue. Because I know a lot of people that are rather blue who are anti-mask, anti-vaccination, and the other way around. So it's, it's a political issue. It has all the trappings of a political issue. But it's not necessarily just down political lines. It came out on Wednesday. The Oak Area School District will be mandating masks for high school age students. We already knew elementary and middle school were going to have to be masked up. Now the high schools as well. You could argue if you're anti-mask, and I could see your argument, that it is more of a choice at the high school level because you've got vaccinations, you can be vaccinated, either you're vaccinated or you wear a mask and all that becomes more of a choice. It's not a choice at the younger levels because there's not an approved vaccination. At the same time, you're seeing numbers go up and breakthrough cases. And remember, the breakthrough cases tend to be mild. And yeah, mild still means that people are, are, are laid up for a couple of days and it sucks to be sick, but we can't be fearful of being sick. We're going to get sick. If it's not COVID that's going to get you, something else is going to get you and you're going to feel sick for a few days. But the key is if you're vaccinated, you don't have nearly as much worry about something very terrible happening. And you do increase your chances of not getting COVID if you are vaccinated. That's the key out of that. But we're seeing so many cases right now that the argument is one of the only ways to try to blunt it is to try to mask everybody up because we don't want to keep people out of the schools. So the Oak Area School System is going to mandate masks at all levels. They're going to be the ones to mandate masks at all levels. I think every other school district in the area, it's an option. But in Eau Claire, it's going to be a mandate for the schools. The school, what I find interesting, is we can keep arguing back and forth, but what I find interesting, and it's something to note, is the Eau Claire area school system came out with a PR push yesterday in the media saying they have seen a boost and a not-so-modest boost in open enrollment into the district since they announced their initial mask policy for elementary and middle school students a couple of weeks ago. They saw many more families opt into their district out of others nearby. Now, what this shows... Because they also lost people, too, because of the mass decision. So if somebody says, I know somebody who's left, you're right. But there's been a not-so-modest net gain. Net gain. It's like in business, all right? You, you've got revenue, and you've got expenses, 
and you want to make sure you've got a net profit. Well, they're, they're making a net profit in terms of enrollment. What this shows, folks, is this, this news out of the Oak Square area school system. There are many people out there who are in support of masks, especially at the elementary level. Now, the loudest folks, the ones putting on the, the theatrics, like the lady down in Alabama who wore the space helmet, those have been the people against. And remember, the loudest tend to be people who feel as though they're on the defense. And they also tend to be, the loudest tend to be people that feel as though they have to push for change. Either way, no matter what. Again, when you go to the restaurant, people rarely ask to see the manager if they're happy. They ask to see the manager if they're not happy. So the loudest folks have been, a lot of times, the people that are against any potential mask mandates. But this is fact. This news out of Eau Claire that there's more people opting in since the mass decision. That, coupled with studies nationwide, another sign that masks and vaccinations are more popular than, they're very popular. Now, are they overwhelmingly popular? No. But they have an edge on the other side. They're definitely much more popular. Masks and vaccinations across both both political ideologies than many of those entertainers. And let me stress, entertainers you see on cable news networks would have you believe. That's why I always say when it comes to the cable news, you got to stop watching the cable news. Or if you watch it, you got to watch it for what it is. It's entertainment. They're entertainers. They're, 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 they're seeing what you want and they're throwing chum at you. So we've got the Eau Claire school system and what they have announced with the mask policy. And now all the kids are going to be wearing masks. And they've said they've seen an uptick in the enrollment since they made that announcement. Doesn't mean everybody's been opting in. They've lost people too, but they say they've had a not-so-modest net gain. That now takes us to Menominee, where a couple of weeks ago they voted narrowly 5-4 to keep it as an option in the school system to wear masks. They took up the debate again on Wednesday night because it was put back on the agenda by a board member, which can be done and expected to keep coming up. Board members can keep putting things on the agenda and calling for meetings. So it came up again, discussing the mask mandate. And this time they had a lot of people show up. Kudos, by the way, to the Menominee school system holding their school board meetings in their school theater at the high school. Lots of space. Utilize that theater. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if the Pablo would open itself up to city council meetings in Eau Claire? Not that we've been trying to push that for the last year, but I digress. You had people on both sides spoke. Slightly more people spoke in favor of there being a mask mandate. 
because again, right now there it was optional. So you, you tend to get it again, get more people riled up who want change than want to keep it status quo. But you had a slight majority of people who want to see there be a mass mandate who showed up to the meeting and spoke and emailed in. Eventually, the board did vote again last night. And again, it came out 5-4 to keep the masks optional at Menominee. Now, originally, I was watching TV coverage of it. And I think one of the TV stations locally reported it as they had voted unanimously to table the issue. Did I hear that wrong? No, I heard that right, right? Yeah. So I don't, I forget which TV station it was this morning I was watching as I flipped back and forth between the two of them. But they did vote last night, and just like two weeks ago, 5-4, Menominee will keep it as an option, wearing masks at their school. This is something I've thought about when it comes to COVID that I think is something that we haven't really discussed too much. As time goes on, more and more people have had COVID. They've had it. As more and more time goes on, we've known people that have had COVID and, th- and, and hopefully have not passed because of COVID. I thankfully have not known anybody personally who has passed from COVID. I have known people who have had it. I've known people who have had I would, what I would call mild cases, but does not mean that they have been doing uh, aerobics while they've had it for a few days. But as more time goes on, you've got more people who've had it or more of a direct experience. And I do think that when somebody has it, this is one of those things that almost anecdotally I'd like studied. I think people that have had it and legitimately had it, not, oh, they think they had it, never got tested, or they never had a positive test, and they just don't want to believe that the test wasn't positive. I mean, people that legitimately had it. I think they, and I can understand this, are definitely more in line to be like, hey, let's move along here. Let's move along, all right? We've, we've, because they've, they've been through the fire. And even though if you've had COVID once, you can very well have it again. You can very well have it again. They've gone through the fire. So they're like, all right, I'm good. I've got my calluses from it. And I think people that have not had it tend to be a little bit more worried about, hey, what would happen if I get it? Not necessarily petrified to step outside, but in the back of your mind, you wonder, What would happen if I got it? I'll be honest, I'm in that camp. I have confidence my body would fight it off, but I don't know. I don't know. So you got the mass debate going on in the area. The one thing I would bring up to any school board member, and I don't necessarily envy school board members right now, is this. What? Why do you think you know more than people who are paid to th- paid to come up with the information on these things? If 
For instance, at last night's Menominee School Board meeting, they had a number of area experts spoke in favor of having a mass mandate, and five school board members looked at them and went, it's like the scene from uh, Anchorman. They looked at them and went, I don't believe you. Why? And your answer is going to be along the lines of, well, I think they're biased or they're bought off or they're that. Now you're overthinking it. That's the only thing. I, you got to look yourself in the mirror as a school board member and go, who are you going to believe? The person who's the expert, all right, or the person who wants something? There's a difference. I was telling my wife this last night. Remember those old ads in the 80s and the 90s? Four out of five doctors agree. It was usually for it was usually for toothpaste. It was like four out of five dentists agree, but you'd have it for medicine as well. Four out of five doctors agree. You know what's happened here in the last few months? We're giving more credence to that one rogue doctor than we are to the other four. There's no guarantee the four doctors are at, are going to be correct, but four beats one. Doesn't it? Like what like what makes this one person smarter than the rest? Like what makes them smarter than the rest? And the only way that that one doctor tends to really work their way into trying to seem more legitimate than the other four is they start to nitpick and they go, well, you know, they have to agree because of this union and that union and all. They start to Build a false narrative underneath. What wild times we live in. What wild times we live in. Uh, there's an informational kiosk. It's going to be going to the area around Haymarket Square in downtown. Uh, the Haymarket Plaza in downtown. I think that's going to be kind of cool. One of those little touchpad things. That'll be kind of a fun thing. Uh, home sales are down. Saw this this week. Home sales are down statewide. That includes in Eau Claire and Chippewa counties. It's a misleading headline, though. If you're about to say, oh, the housing market has burst. No, 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 no. There's 20% less inventory. So if you have, for instance, less bananas to sell out of your banana cart, you obviously will sell less bananas. That's the case right now. We don't have as much inventory, so home sales are down because you don't have as many to sell. So it's not a case of, well, there's now rising inventory and there's more houses that aren't going for sale. No, 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 no. What's out there is being bought up. Uh, the Pablo Center sent out a notice today that they will require proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test. I don't think anybody is surprised by this. In fact, I thought they had announced this a couple weeks ago. I thought I'd seen this before, didn't I? And I don't think they actually did make an announcement. Maybe they did. I saw it today and I thought, didn't they announce that? But maybe they didn't. Maybe it's one of those things we assumed. I know Blue Ox did. I might be confusing the two. Either way, the Pablo Center, if you're going to see a show at the Pablo Center, you're going to need proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test. Uh, there's no comments on the Pablo Center Facebook page. I have a hard time thinking nobody's commented, but they've probably pulled the old uh, either hide the comment or delete the comment, which if you are a business is not necessarily a bad thing to do. If you're a restaurant or a 
or an entertainment complex to hide comments and stuff like that. I know it sounds nasty and dirty if you're like a restaurant and you start seeing negative reviews pop up. You can reach out to these people and you can direct message them and ask for their complaint. But yeah, you don't want to leave it out there. It's not good. Uh, Angela Weideman, Chippewa County Health Director, has kept up her weekly uh, press conferences. And, and by the way, I was happy when Lisa Gagizi stopped hers and thought Angela should have stopped hers a while ago. But now with case counts going back up, eh, we probably do need to see these press conferences once again return to being a routine thing. Well, Angela Weideman came out today and she is encouraging indoor gatherings be limited to no more than 15 people, outdoor gatherings to be 50. That's what Angela Weideman is encouraging. And that's not inconsequential. You know, if 15, well, then you're basically talking about going back to what last year was with a lot of social distancing at restaurants and limited capacity outdoors. Are you trying to say that at a shy-high football game, you only want 50 people in the stands? Can't have the band? I see what Angela's trying to do, but it's like your parents telling you not to swim until 30 minutes after eating. Few will listen, and this isn't pragmatic. It's not pragmatic. Without a mandate, it becomes something of convenience. People will follow the guidance or not only when they can and it benefits them. Only when they can and it benefits them. Hey, honey, let's not have as big of a party today for our kid. Let's not have as big of a birthday party, all right? What's it's only <laughs> we we were gonna have twenty of our kids' friends over. We're gonna limit it now to ten for social distancing. It's gonna become a thing of convenience, an excuse for people more so than people following it in mass. That's not to say no business is gonna follow this, but it's not like I think you're gonna see a huge change in Chippewa County. Basically, I don't see capacity limits being able to come back actual capacity limits, whether it's in Chippewa or more so in Eau Claire, where Lisa Gizzi's got a little bit more venom to the bite than Angela does. I don't see, as I said, I don't see capacity limits being able to come back. But we'll see health officials call for them. One, the data may very well support them recommending it, and they're just being the messenger. But two, it's not pragmatic. It's not realistic, especially without there being a clear, defined goal and uniform support. And, 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 and again, I understand what Angela is trying to say, and there could be a lot of data supporting it, but you got to look at it realistically. So you go out there and you say, oh, you should really limit your time in groups. All you're doing is you're setting up another flashpoint for an argument with people. And now all of a sudden, people that are, are, are vaxxers and when they get into an argument with anti-vaxxers and masks and all that, this is another 
another grenade where the pin's already, already pulled and they're throwing it out there saying, well, Angela said we should limit capacity at this and that and somebody else shoots back. Well, that doesn't mean you're not doing something. And I think it's well-intentioned what she said, but I don't think it helps the matter. Uh, Eau Claire has made another listicle online. Eau Claire ranked as the second best affordable college town to live in according to smartasset.com. Chancellor Jim retweeted this out earlier today. So Eau Claire is ranked as the second best affordable college town to live in in this country. Chapel Hill, North Carolina was ranked number one. Oshkosh and Madison were also in the top ten. What do you take from it? Absolutely nothing. Just one of those little things. It's like when your grandmother would say, hey, you did a good job at your piano recital. Your grandmother doesn't know a single thing about playing the piano. All right? or, or your aunt says, hey, you, you did a good job at your ball game today. Or your dad said, hey, great job in the play. Hey, it's nice to get praise. Feels good. There's nothing you can do with it. One of those things that, again, when they're making brochures at Visit Eau Claire, they can tap, they can throw this on there for that. Hey, it's better to be on the list than not on the list. And then the last but not least, uh, Pizza Del Rey is for sale. Pizza Del Rey is for sale. Been in business uh, some, what, 40 years in the area. Known for their lunchtime buffet. They are for sale, uh, what, $750,000. And that includes the business, the equipment, the, the land, the building, uh, that's not a bad deal. It's not a bad deal at all. Uh, I would think somebody is going to jump in on that. And uh, perhaps uh, I've heard a couple of longtime area restaurateurs. Uh, could be a good uh, purchase for somebody out there. I know a lot of people are nervous that their favorite pizza shop is going to go by the wayside. The, the business is still going to exist. But when you get a new owner... No matter how much they keep the same, there's going to be a little change. There's going to be. I'll admit I've been to Pizza Del Rey once. Once. And I think it was about five years ago. It's not that I have anything against Pizza Del Rey. Nothing at all against Pizza Del Rey. Just ne- I'm not a big pizza buffet person. I'm really not. And it's, it's a terror. If you are at all trying to watch what you eat, and you can have pizza, you know, you can have pizza, but pizza is a high calorie, very high calorie dense food. So you have four or five slices of a, of a, of a regular slice of pizza. Well, there's 1500 calories right there. So you, you eat pizza on a cheat day sort of thing if you're going to really eat pizza. So when you go to a pizza buffet, and yeah, they cut it in little squares and all that, it takes you so much to think you've gotten your value and to feel full that at a pizza buffet, you're likely to eat 3,000 calories and not think anything of it. And there's nothing wrong with going 
you know, just blowing out your calorie budget for the day and having a lot of fun and eating pizza. There's nothing wrong with it at all. But I've always had a hard time justifying doing that at 1140 on a Tuesday morning. (laughs) So uh, pizza buffets for me have never been a a huge drawing card for old Scott Montesano. Uh, I prefer to have my pizza be more of the dinner variety and you get a pizza and you eat four or five slices or eat half. I mean, I'll still eat a bunch of pizza. I'm not uh, I'm not saying I nibble on one slice. I'm just saying a pizza buffet is always very hard to to manage. Maybe one of those things you can do on a Sunday, but hard to do on a Again, 11.40 on a Tuesday. But clearly Pizza Del Rey has survived many, many years and I think will survive for many, many more years without the, uh, without the money coming from uh, Scott Montesano. So uh, whoever goes ahead and purchases the location is going to have, I think, a built-in audience and will have an opportunity for a true turnkey operation. Well, one more weekend in the month of August. We're back with you with an all-new show on Tuesday. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.